listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one, as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. This podcast is brought to you by Pioneer Water Tanks. Every Pioneer tank is made with the exclusive Pioneer V-Lock wall profile, a stronger and stiffer corrugation profile, which not only looks great, it lasts longer. The Pioneer V-Lock wall profile also protects the liner from overstretching, so it lasts longer in the tank. Welcome back to the Central Station podcast. My name is Steph Coombs and I'm your host. And I'd like to start off by saying sorry that we haven't had an episode for a couple of weeks. I like to try and get an episode out every week or every other week, um, but it's been a bit hectic up here recently. So as some of you would know, if you followed along uh, with Central Station for a while, Central Station is actually one of three jobs that I have. So we've got the podcast and the website, so Central Station itself. Um, and everything that goes along with that. I also run a photography business and I also used to work full-time for the ag department in WA up in the Kimberley working with stations Um, and I finished that job at the end of June after two years and I'm actually going to be spending the next you know year or who knows how long um, actually just traveling around northern Australia visiting a bunch of stations. So many of them are ones who have um, written for Central Station and others are just ones that I know or people that I'm going to stalk along the way. So um, it was pretty hectic the last couple of weeks. As I finished up work, I actually went down to the Pilbara for 10 days and visited a bunch of stations to wrap up some stuff for work. And then obviously, you know, packed up and moved out of my house. And today I am recording this from the kitchen at Meter Station in the West Kimberley, just out of Derby. And um, this is the first station I'm visiting and I'm actually off to Bliner this afternoon. But anyway, yeah, so it's been pretty busy, um, but very excited to be able to spend a lot more time on Central Station in the next um, couple of months or year or so. And, you know, by traveling around and stalking a lot more people, getting a lot more podcasts and a lot more stories for you guys. Anyway, this episode I recorded only a couple of weeks ago when I was at Mandora Station, which is on the 80 Mile Beach between Port Hedland and Broome um, in Western Australia, just on the very edge of the West Kimberley. Now, we had an episode from Caitlin earlier on, and I'll link to that in the show notes, and that was Caitlin Mills, who is co-manager of Mandora Cattle Co. uh, or Mandora Station, and she spoke about her time coming into the industry and working in the Pilbara. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the time her and her partner Ben have had in the Kimberley, which has been on a couple of different properties. And also she's, she spins a few good yarns about some of their experiences. So definitely hang around for that. Now, um, as always, and I'm pretty shocking at remembering to do this in you know each episode, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, please do. It's called Central Station Podcast. And, you know, feel free to post you know, anything you want in there, who you want to hear from, what you liked about the episodes, um, anything you think that other people and other listeners would be interested in. And also, please, if you're listening through the Apple Podcast app, please go to our page and give us a review um, because the more reviews and comments that we get, it's the more chance that other people will come across our podcast. And yeah, we'd love everyone to be able to hear these yarns. All right, so let's get on to Caitlin's episode.
Caitlin. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Steph. <laughs> you look very excited to be back. So stoked. Sitting so close to me. <laughs> Socially distanced, but closer than you'd like, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, while I'm multitasking with a child and some things have changed since our last episode. <laughs> Namely. Mainly the child. Yeah, which you said you wanted to come out. <laughs> came out. So, eventually. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> we got there. So... Last episode, we spoke about your time in the Pilbara. Yeah. And in this one, we're just going to run through your time in the Kimberley. Quickly. Yeah, quickly, because <laughs> I guess, you know, you have a baby now. We don't know how long she's going to stay asleep. Um, so let's just get cracking like straight into it. So last episode, we finished up with you and Benno at Warrawagain. And then I think we might have mentioned at the end that you guys, of what year you left? 2016. Yeah, okay. And then where'd you go after that? After that, we went up to Kilto. Okay, and so what, where, who, why? <laughs> How's it all work? For anybody listening to this that would have no context. Yeah, what is a Kilto? <laughs> <laughs> so Kilto is uh, one of Jack Burton's properties out of Broome. Mm-hmm. And there he has, sorry, I'm just like staring at you. It's so awkward. <laughs> Um, I'm not okay. I'm not cutting this out. <laughs> At least I'm not pulling any faces this time. Yeah, which is great. Um, that doesn't help. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, yeah, so we're working uh, for Jack and we're running his backgrounding facility, which is where all the cattle go before they go to KMC and before they go to live export. Okay, so KMC is Kimberley Meat Company, which is the abattoir up that yep. we've got up here. Yep. So cattle don't come generally straight from a station to be killed. They'll come in, be put on some kind of feed so they can yep. gain a bit of weight, and then they'll go into... Yep, generally, if they were, if they meet the weight specifications. So it just depends on what the job is, whether they're heavy cows or if they're medium cows. Yeah, so they'll come into the uh, backgrounding facility. They'll re- If they meet the weight specifications, they'll be rehydrated for a couple of days on water and feed, whether that be pellets or hay or depending on what the animal is. And then from there, they'll go to the abattoir. And what was it like working at Kilto? I suppose you had worked previously at DeGray and Warragain. Was this Benno's first time working out away from home? Yeah. And also further away from home as well, further up in Kimberley. What was it like for you guys? Um, it was really great. Uh, working Jacks is really good to us. And we had a really, really great group of people around us. We sort of spent our first few sort of weeks figuring it all out because a backgrounding facility is very different to, um, very different to running cattle on a cattle station. It's just so much more intense and, well, like intensive with uh, so many animals in you know such a small facility um so it took us a bit to get our head around that um but yeah jack was great he really supported us through that and we definitely caught on a lot of our friends <laughs> yeah when we were you know trying to work things out and so how long were you at kilto for so we were just at kilto just for the season for 2016 and then after that we came to mandora okay and so that was your first manager's gig it was which must have been yes. a bit yeah it is still is <laughs> Um, how, I know we're going to go through a couple of things that have happened. You know, you've had quite an initiation by fire, um, (laughs) literally and flood and drought, which we'll get into in a moment, but first time, you know, I guess, yeah, first time being managers, being fully in charge on your own. How was that? It it was very nerve wracking. is that, I guess, still? Yeah. The first, like, we were kind of 
really gobsmacked that we were actually even given the opportunity. We kind of like, and we really doubted ourselves that we'd be able to do it. But once we got here, Hayden and Jane were so supportive. They really, they backed us so hard, which then just gave us the biggest amount of confidence that we actually knew what we were doing. (laughs) Yeah, I think you guys definitely, knowing you guys and what you've done and having, well, not really worked for you, thank God, that would be awkward. (laughs) Could you imagine if I worked for Benno? He'd tell me to do something and I'd just cry. Um, But being around you guys enough and you've been working, like you're very uh, competent people but like you said it's probably just confidence that you lack so having Jane and Hayden there to support you they would have known like they wouldn't have put you here if you guys weren't you know um so why don't you tell us a bit about Mandora and what it's like as a block well station sorry I call it a block because it's like a smaller station but yeah you can you can tell us a bit about that so Mandora is only like 90,000 hectares which is about 250,000 acres so you know like, which to a lot of people they're like oh, that's, that's cute yeah yeah well up here to us we're like oh isn't that a cute like block Lock. but to anyone else anywhere else in australia they'd be like what yeah. like that's yeah. a small country so you don't really think of like when you think of kimberley's like cattle station you think like east kimberley you think like rugged ranges and million acres million acres millions of acres and yeah. you got 20 people on horses and like yeah. 500 helicopters not actually no. but you know you know maybe like six people on horses and two helicopters but yeah. yeah yeah you think big numbers and you think big acres but yeah mandora is definitely not like your typical kimberley cattle station when yeah. you think of one but it's also definitely a case of quality over quantity because you've got some oh, yeah. pretty good country so yeah. talk us through because i'd never seen anything like it Actually, that's a lie because I'd been to Anna Plains, which is right next door. <laughs> but before here in Anna Plains, I'd never seen any country like it. Can you tell us what you've got and how it works and why it is a bit different? So it's pretty well like we run at like two different stations. So the the coastal plains are just like full open. They're kind of like, I guess, kind of like the Barkley. I've never been to the Barkley, but I assume it's, you know, like, you know, you think of the Barkley and you're like, it's just wide open grass. Yeah. And it's pretty similar to that. I'm just thinking of all the tea tree and stuff in the driveway, oh, but that doesn't count. That's the, the other. That's okay, other cool. Thing, yeah. I was like, that's not that. Like, it's flat, but I was like, it's yeah, yeah okay. very densely, yeah. So, yeah, there's like the grassy plains of the marine plain, which we have set up like quite intensively, which is the the, the, the pledges set up like that. It's all rotational grazed, it's all paddocked, it's all, yeah, like really well set up. And then the Pindan is like the other land system. And we managed that completely different. That's all just set stocked and big open paddocks. So they're two very different areas. And yeah, that's pretty well Mandora. <laughs> and it's on the 80 mile beach. It is so on you guys do have a beach you can go down to. We do. With massive tides though. So it's not really like a swimming beach. No, you wouldn't swim there because there's a lot of bitey things and a lot of stingy things. It's just best to stay out of the water. <laughs> And just watch the sunset from a distance. Pretty well, pretty well. Just go down there, drink beers and watch the sunset. And so it's been, I reckon, I suppose, for a first manager's gig, um, you just mentioned the Depledges before. So they had this place from the 40s, yep. 1940s through to, what about, 2016, 2016 2017. Yeah. And so they have done an amazing job setting it up um, with the infrastructure, the design, and most of all, the cattle are just an absolute dream. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful line of cattle that you guys have like come into, and so it's it's probably in that sense a great first manager's job. In that, just everything is just you yeah. know like it's already set up, yeah, and it's a kind of, it's a really good template for us. Sort of from now, if we ever move on, we can sort of 
come back to how this is set up and how it, all the waters work. They all work really well. They're all simple. And the paddocks, you know, getting the right size. And it's yeah. it's not really... So you had what? So that's 60... That's almost 80 years of one family. Yeah. Which pretty much no one else... And this is something I... Um, I want to do an episode on further down the track, but you know, when we have a turnover like we do in industry and managers are changing every couple of seasons or whatnot, it kind of keeps resetting properties in the way they can develop and progress. Yeah. Because you know, one manager's picking the red cows and the next one's picking white cows and the next one wants tall and short ones, whatever, or the way they're doing anything on a station. And to really make change, it takes a long term investment. So you've got that almost 80 years of everything that the pledges did, to, yeah. which is why you've ended up with this beautiful package um so even though you had this beautiful place to start off with you did get thrown a few curveballs yeah um so we call 2017 year of the fire and there is one particular story (laughs) that i was wondering if you could tell us um that i find quite entertaining it is pretty funny looking back now it's funny at the time it wasn't so it was like a sunday afternoon i think it was and ben's little sister she lives in port headland so she was heading out the driveway to go back to town she gets to the end of the driver. She she calls Ben. She's like, "Guys, there's a fire up near up near Sandfire," and the boys like, oh, "Okay, yeah, no worries." So they went up to check it out, and on their way up, they got to the parking bay, which there's like a parking bay about a kilometre back towards Port Hedland, and it's usually like people will either just they just camp there the night because they can, instead of going to Sandfire or staying at the caravan park. So they get there, and there's this old dude standing there and it's like just this massive wall of flame just like going off into our paddocks because we had like the strongest sea breeze in the afternoon and he's just standing there with his hands on his hips and the boy's like hey mate what's going on here he's like oh yeah i didn't think it would get away and then only ben and dave just looked at each other they're like how did it even like how and then oh mate's like oh i was just trying to cook myself a feed and the boys look the old mate took the boys over and he decided to try and cook his camp oven feed on a spinifex bush <laughs> so he didn't even go and get any wood or you know try and make a fire on the the flat where there's no highly volatile grasses like spinifex he just put his little camp oven on top of this spinifex bush <laughs> and lit the spinifex bush on fire and then the, the the westerly just carried it off into the into the paddock and the boys are like what were you thinking? Like, that's not good fire etiquette. <laughs> I love that he was still there by the time the boys got there. Yeah. And then he wasn't like, oh, I need to move my motor car. Like, what if this, you know, catches on yeah. fire? Or maybe I'll run up to Sandfire and be like, help, help. Yeah. Like, you know, or it wasn't me and just drive away. Yeah. <laughs> not that we recommend anyone do that. Always no. own up to those kind of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. But be safe at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, how do the boys take that? I can, were, I can only imagine Benno's face. They were very gobsmacked. Like, you know, most people have pretty good idea of fire safety and when it comes to cooking on a campfire and yeah it's just it's just one of those moments that you go through and you're just like what were you thinking like he got a pretty good lecture and I'm sure it will never happen again because now he's a full bottle on uh fire safety and how to (laughs) build a campfire and how to you know cook a camp oven courtesy so, of ben mills courtesy of ben and david so anyone out there do not try and cook a camp oven on spin effects bush because it's just not how it works and please don't set a fire don't anywhere on mentor <laughs> yeah. keep your fires to yourself 
And um, what ended up happening with that fire? How big did it get, and how do they how do they manage it? Um, we just let it burn. So at that that stage where it went, there was, I think there was only like twenty cows sort of living out there, and it wasn't really anywhere near where they were going to be. So we just let it let it burn out into the into the pin down, and we were going to develop that country anyway. So it would have needed burning before we did it so it was kind of it was kind of good that it happened but it would have been nice to just been able to do it on our watch on your yeah, on your terms yeah, yeah do it a bit more and lucky controlled. lucky that kelly was driving out that afternoon yeah. because even though your driveway isn't that long it's you know you can't le- less than 20 k's and but you can't you're kind of in a little bit of a hollow yeah. here and you can't see you know well that's, anyway. the, that's the same with most stations though like even if you were somewhere up high the station like we said is what a quarter of a million acres yeah if you fire somewhere down the other end, like how are you going to know until it. it's now? What actually happens when it when you say it burnt out into the desert? Yeah. Just for those of us who aren't super fiery, um, well, let's be honest, I'm fiery, but I'm not very fire um, <laughs> literate. Yeah. Um, it just keeps burning, and then what makes it die out? Like it just you just hit like a clay pan or a big mob of sand or something where it's literally yeah, got nothing to burn. Or just the wind dies the wind will either die down or run into a patch of country that's already been burnt like the previous year or the year before um so <laughs> sorry we're just looking at the baby he's holding my hand and it's the cutest thing ever Shh, stay asleep so that was your initiation by fire yeah 2017 one and one of them there are a couple of other fires but i just think that's the best yarn yeah like <laughs> honestly you had to be like if you didn't, you just think someone was making it up. Like, yeah. Actually, I feel like that would be, you know, have Hamish and Andy had that TV show for a while, like True Stories or whatever yeah. it was, and they would people would write in their stories and then they would reenact it. I feel yeah. like that would be a really good a one for them to be. do. Imagine, like, I don't know who would play Benno. Oh, actually, I do. He's a guy of one of those skit shows and he's really tall and skinny and has, like, red hair, even though Benno's not a <laughs> redhead. But actually, I'm going to Google him. Oh, Tom Gleason. Oh, yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. I feel like he would impersonate Ben pretty well. <laughs> yeah. He's anyway. probably not serious enough. <laughs> true this is true um so so that's that's a year of the fire yeah and then you're like okay we've gotten through this year first year managing the plays a couple of hiccups you know but we figured it out yeah we figured it out 2018 <laughs> then what happened year of the flood you wouldn't read about it honestly well actually people would because you wrote stories about it <laughs> on our website That's so true. if you want to read more head over to sensation.net.au go to the mandora stories <laughs> oh no stop laughing you're gonna wake the baby oh, whoops. anyway back to year of the flood so what you know run us through that for anybody i mean i'm so familiar with the story but let's you know for everyone out out there who's not even from the Kimberley and you know certainly isn't keeping up to date with what's happening in the Kimberley in 2018 (laughs) you know a couple years ago now what happened yeah so we just had you know your typical cyclone season we always get a couple a year um but we don't usually get the amounts of rain that we had so we had like 780 mil I think the total was for the wet season and our annual average is 350 so you had pretty well double double over double yeah now, we, um, you know, there's been so much talk and discussion in Australia, especially in recent years, about the drought and there's not enough rain. So surely, you know, well, if you've got almost double, like, isn't that great? You'd like, you've it, got, you yeah. know, isn't the more rain the better? Like, yeah. but it doesn't quite work like that, does it? Not on every land system. So in the Pindan, like, you know how I talked about the two different land systems. Hmm. So the Pindan was like 
it was great for it. It just soaked it in. It goes down the water table. Beautiful. Grass grows. Happy days. On the coast, because it's clay and it's not as absorbent as what the Pindan is, the water just sat on top. So there's like no runoff. It didn't have anywhere to go. So it pretty well just had to evaporate to for it to... So it just leave. sat there like a like yeah. a pond. Yeah, like so a it was like a flood. Like we got we got it flooded. Flood. Yeah. So some of the some of the country was underwater for nearly six months. And what's the impact of that when you've got water just sitting there for six months? Huge impact. All the grass, all the grass died. You, there's like water marks. We have a paddock that was just sort of like the water on the edge of the clay country, and it killed all of the water. There's like a water mark on the trees that's like four foot high, and like it's just everything's just died dead so basically i suppose it's an ana- it becomes anaerobic yeah that's making me think of year 11 biology i feel like that's where <laughs> i learned that so there's you know so where the water is there's no oxygen in yeah. there because it's not like you've got little fishies no. swimming around yeah making it's, it. it's not a water ecosystem resource consulting services is australia's leading provider of holistic regenerative farm business education and advisory services The Grazing for Profit School has been delivered in every Australian state to more than 5,500 farmers, empowering them to increase profit, lift the health and production of their land, improve relationships in their business and enhance their work-life balance. Learn more at www.rcsaustralia.com.au Was this the cyclone where the boys went out on the bike or is that a different one that was the first cyclone so it was like three rain events that yeah okay so there's a few little stories within this year of the flood um the first one so you have your first cyclone coming and that was your first because you know down at warrawagain you guys wouldn't i suppose you probably would have had some cyclone prep when you worked at degray which is still kind of in cyclone it is yeah but we i wasn't really there for the wet seasons yeah okay so this is like your first let take us through cyclone prep like what do you do well, we kind of like, we had to call on pump to find out what was the best, you know, the best way to go about it. Like they've been here for forever and a so cyclone pre- to them. Pump and pole previous yeah. owners. Yeah. Yep. So we were like panicking. We're like, shit, like what, what's the best way to go about this? So Ben called pump and they just had a yarn for like two hours on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> pump, pump gave him the rundown and he was telling him about like how the cyclones work and the hectopascals and when you're in the eye and... I don't understand it. Like it's way above my head, but yeah. So they Ben got the got the run down, and we um we got the horses in, brought the horses into the yards, gave them a bale of hay, which they were really stoked about. <laughs> um, and then we moved as many cattle off the coast as we can. Like all of our young cattle, we brought back in to the Pindan, which is like where all the trees are, so they had shelter. And then we sort of. <laughs> I, know, I hope the microphones pick that up because that is a big baby fart but anyway <laughs> Riley's just made his first appearance on the podcast non-verbal he, he, anyway he's Davo son <laughs> yeah this is true <laughs> poor Davo between Katie's episode and this episode like he's not he's not being given the best promotion um okay so you're moving moving cattle away yeah, so from we- you know the more risky areas yeah so we move them off the coast because they what they can do is they start they walk into storms so they walk into rain yeah and they follow their nose into the wind so they've had 
like travel along here in the past where cattle will walk out to sea. Ooh, that sounds get, not fun. Yeah, nah. And then they get stuck out there. Yeah. So we to prevent that from happening. It's yeah. mainly young cattle. Yeah. Um, cows do do it, but the fence that's there now is you could keep an elephant behind it. So yeah, we didn't. We weren't too worried about the breeders and the older cattle. Yeah. So we bought all of the weaners and all the young cattle into the trees and the one mob of um, several cows that we had, which were our cows that went around the rotation. Um, actually, we didn't actually quite get them in. This is where the, the funny story is. So the water, the rain came like 12 hours earlier than we expected. So we'd had the potty calves and... No, it was just the potty calves were safe. We had them in an old stone room for the night. Um, and then Katie and I were just going to finish off here the next day, like get the chickens and put them in there and move a few things around. And But it, it didn't really happen. So we got the rain 12 hours early. So the boys were like, the boys went out to move these cows. And we'd already had, I can't remember how much we'd had, but it would have been 150 mil. And so the boys were like, they just like headed out in the ute. Um, they were like, come and get us if we're not back within an hour. It's like, because we've, we've got stuck or something's happened. So they, they managed to get out to the paddock where they needed to open this gate up and they got bogged like 300 metres from the gate. So they walked all the way to the gate, opened the gate for the cows to come in because they were already sort of hanging around there. And then they had to walk all the way back to the homestead. So it was like probably two and a half k's. And because it was like, there was like a heap of cloud and that, so there was no phone reception the two ways weren't working at the time. The two ways weren't working. So Katie and I are just like hanging around in the office, like looking out the back door, like it's pissing down rain, like it's raining sideways. And we're both standing there looking at each other like, you want to go look for the boys? <laughs> She's like, no, you go look for the boys. And we're like, we'll just give it another 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> These are the loves of our lives, yeah. but it's also raining sideways. So yeah. we knew that they'd be fine. And it was like, We'd go out on the quad bike because we couldn't take a ute out because we knew it would be... If they were bogged, then there's a pretty good chance that we were going to get bogged yeah. as well. And then, like, literally two minutes later, you see Ben and Dave, like, walking down the driveway. Davo's, like... Davo's just in his singlet and boardies. Ben's, like... They're both just drenched. And uh, Davo was stoked when he got back. He thought it was the best thing ever. He was having a great time. Ben's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, so they they got the cows safe. The utes, the ute got stuck out there for like six months. Which and tell us about what the boss man did. <laughs> he um he saw the funny side of it, which was great. He um flew over it and took a photo and put it on Twitter, and then it just went everywhere. I think ABC got a hold of it and it was on Facebook and it was just on all the Land Cruiser pages. Everyone's like, oh, what idiots got him out there? Like, hell, but it was like, it wasn't flooded at the time. So it got out there, got bogged, and then the flood water came, came yeah. in. So the boys like had to go back out there a couple of days later. We could get the quad bikes out there. So oh. aside from um, getting the car, <laughs> getting stuck and having to walk back, and then that car ended up being flooded for six months, I suppose we've done another episode, which we'll put up shortly, which was with Benno to really discuss uh, what happened. Hello, Ben. Hey. <laughs> In the hangar. 
Also not editing that out. <laughs> then I just opened the door, stepped inside, saw the microphone and was like, oh, shit. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've done this once before. That's enough. <laughs> so we have done an episode with Benno on um, basically the impacts of the rain and how that had to, how that affected that season and the following season. Um, so, but I did just want to touch on how it was real handy that Benno's actually a pilot and you were able to cross hire a machine for a mm. couple of weeks so Benno could get up after the rain and move some cows around and yeah so we were really really lucky with that uh we hired a machine off uh junior i'm pretty sure we got junior's machine oh the yeah. one that looks like a pokemon I ball it was anyway minor details <laughs> yeah helicopters junior's gonna listen to, well yeah. no let's be honest junior's never gonna listen to this so. <laughs> um yeah so we cross-eyed a machine and ben was able to go out and he was going out every day or twice a day or however often he needed to um had to go and make sure all the cattle were okay like so we had cattle stuck on islands which was fine because they had plenty of grass on those feed and water yeah, so feed and water um and we we're just trying to we we're just really just managing how much feed and water were on each island so you know if you've got 100 cows on a small space we, we had to move them off pretty quick um so yeah he was just able to go out and cut fences and make sure everything was keeping alive i think we I think we only lost two yeah. out of all of them. Which they is pretty incredible. Old cows. Like they sort of, they get a little bit panicky. Like once they start feeling that softness under them, underneath yeah. them when they're trying to walk. And if it's not something that they're used to, they just, it's really hard to Absolutely. Move them and we know it was last year. No, so that, that was 2018. But even last year we had um, big mobs of rain down Port Hedland Way and there were people that lost yeah. the cycling came and just sat there for a couple of days and yeah. people lost cattle to basically to wind chill yeah. they just get cold and wet and yeah we were um, lucky we didn't really have any issues with that yeah which was good now so year of fire year of flood 2019 yeah third time's a charm third it's gonna be a winner time. isn't it drought <laughs> which you wouldn't believe it was only we, we had so we just had a really poor wet season we had we had 110 mil followed the 750 mil or whatever it was that we got. So everything was already fairly dead on the coast. And then having 110 mil was, you know, did nothing for it. Yeah. It wasn't like, it was like 20 and then like 80 and then little drips and drabs after that. So it wasn't even like good consistent rain. Right. Um, so yeah, everything was looking pretty grim. Um, and this year was much the same like the wet season 2019 2020 wet season we were pretty average. pretty close to being in the same boat but then we got a heap of winter rain well winter yeah inverted yes. commas we had a had 100 mil i think it was like last month no it's like 150 142 wasn't it no it was 142 katie in that last mob or 124 what about 116. Oh, that's not what people put on Facebook. Uh, Pretty sure it was maybe. Anyway, anyway. awkwardly, I've been telling people you get 140. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I've been like, those for Mob at Mandora hogged all the rain. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you had, you know, not a huge amount of rain. Um, but luckily, like like we said earlier, it's a good line of cattle, well-developed property, conservatively stocked. You'd done Very. some extra development yeah. in, a, in, in a kind of more virgin country so you could yeah. spread those cattle out so yeah. kind of best prepared for yeah a not so great time but yeah. you know i suppose there's no 
I don't know if there's any, like, you know, if you could have been any more prepared for... We probably couldn't have. Yeah. And if, you know, we sort of, we already had plans to develop all that virgin country. Yeah. And it was only because of that flood that we had to do it because there was just no feed there. So we had to quickly get as many cattle off the coast as we could. Yeah. It's almost textbook in a way that, like, you know, there's all these manuals out there about this is, you know... In an ideal scenario, this is how you do this, this and this and respond to this, this and that. And really, I suppose, coming into the combination of what you walked into with what the diplomacy yeah. left and then with what Jane and Hayden have been able to achieve with you guys, it was, yeah, everything's yeah. just been able to Progress. Uh, touch wood. Let's all touch the, the coffee table yeah. as we're recording <laughs> this. Cause I'm going to drive out the driveway too and it's going to be like a and, hurricane or something. Yeah. Um, so that was 2019 year of drought, which I think we touched on a bit in our episode with yeah, Benno. So yeah. we won't go into that too much. We let Benno talk about all the... The technical. All, yeah, yeah, and all the stuff, all that. Well, I'm talking in that too, but yeah. <laughs> um, and then now we're in 2020. Yep. So, oh, in the, in the meantime though, okay, let's just get this one story, which we didn't... Yeah, all right. Can you just run us through before we move into 2020? So it would have been 28... No, so it would have been 2017. Just um, how Benno proposed. Because in, oh. in this time of coming to Mandora, you got engaged and then you got married in 2018 and obviously you've had the bub in 2020. Yeah. But let's, everyone loves a good engagement story. Yeah. And, ben, and Benno, you know, doesn't... Isn't, does Benno like to tell that story? Yeah, it's yeah, his favourite thing to talk to, about. Yeah, but not in front of a microphone no, probably. No, you won't, no. So... We'd been together for like six years by then and I'd been putting the pressure on him pretty hard. Like, really? Yeah. I was like, come on, we got to like, you know, take the next step. And oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, like, you know, typical bloke. And my grandmother actually ended up getting really sick and she lives in Melbourne. So I had to go away for a couple of weeks. And in that time, he's here by himself and... You know, <laughs> so he was like, oh, shit, this yeah, is what it could be like. No, he was, no, he was like, wow, this is going to be like my only opportunity to get a ring because we spent like we live and work together so if he goes to town we usually go together because you know it's just so much easier yeah so he's never really had like the chance to go and get something organized so he went up and did all that I didn't know but here he's like he was so excited he nearly told me like as soon as I got home but he managed to keep it a secret. So, so he went in town and like saw, I'm trying to remember what he told me. He went in and found like one of the nice jewelers in town. Yeah, jewels of the Kimberley. Yeah, yeah. And the lady like was helping him. Did he design a ring or did he pick one out? Uh, he designed one. Yeah. Yeah. So he was pretty chuffed with himself. Um, and the girls thought it was great in there. They, they helped him, you know, design it and yeah. fit it out. And Anyway, yeah. So that took, I think it took four or five weeks for it to, to be made. And then he had the dilemma. So it was like, the marble bar weekend and we had a heap of his friends coming up for marble bar and it was like the night before they all came he's like let's go down to the beach come on i want to go down the beach i was like ben i've got so much to do like we have all these people coming we're going to have a couple of days off i got to be ready for when we get back for work he's like no it'll be fine like let's go to the beach i was like i'm not going i was like i've got so much to do you guys can go uh you know i'm staying here He's like, no, we have to go to the beach. Let's go have a look at the beach. He just got his Land Cruiser. So he's like, I just want to see if it can get over the sand dune. I was like, what kind of like, it's going to get over, Ben. He's like, no, come on, let's go. I was like, fine. He just pestered me so hard. So we jumped in the car and we got over the sand dune because it's a Land Cruiser and it obviously was going to get over the dune. And it was just so nice down there. Like it was still, the tide was out. The sun was going down, like, perfect. 
got out and I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty nice. I was like, yeah, what now? And I turned around and he was like down on one knee oh. <laughs> with the box with the ring in it. And I was like, oh, I cried. And he's like, will, will you marry me? I was like, <laughs> he's like, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we came back and Davo was sitting underneath the the safe place under the pergola there with this little like smirk on his face because him and Ben had been incognito they'd been working together and <laughs> and I was like I was like looked at him I was like you already knew didn't you he's like yeah and we we're like yeah congratulations and big hugs and yeah it was quite funny now is that Katie's just standing on the other side of the room is that the same beach where you got engaged this year or are you further down the beach Further down. So Dave and Katie got engaged on the same beach. It's yeah. kind of like the spot. It is an 80 miles of beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also, well, Tom and Annabelle Curtin, who were our first episode on here, they got engaged on... Well, I don't, yeah, does yeah. that still count as... That doesn't count as the 80 mile. I don't think but so. But technically, it's the same coastline. It's the same coastline, yeah. Um, but you can swim there without the bitey things. Yeah, you can. Or less bitey Their things. Their beach is much nicer than our beach. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so engaged. So come to Mandora, get engaged, cheers later, get married and... <laughs> While you're in town getting married, this amazing person comes and like renos your bedroom and bathroom for you, (laughs) completely kits it out. Don't know who that wonderful fairy godmother was. (laughs) Didn't freak out then or anything. Um, And then 2020, we have a bub. We do. And so conspiracy theory, which people should know from whatever episode it was. Yep. And I made it into an episode about the pastoral's pregnancy patch. You and Katie had your babies a month apart. Yeah. We, we didn't plan that at all. That was, um kind of creepy actually i think caitlin <laughs> you gotta uncross your fingers when you say that if you don't want it to I be a lot no i'm pretty sure you were crossing oh. your fingers when you're saying that <laughs> <laughs> um but i'll only so you had a baby in april katie had march is that right yeah, yeah. and but the babies have only just met now in june because COVID. you guys went away oh well, yeah. yeah and covid yeah well that too yeah so we we've been away and only my mum and brother have met Isla and she's like two months old now, which has been so weird. Like none of Ben's family have had the chance to meet her yet, but we're going soon. So Today, literally. Today, yeah. <laughs> they get to meet her. And yeah, so Riley and, Riley and Isla have just met the last few days and they will be the best friends for the rest of their lives, whether they like it or not. Or arrange marriage either way. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the reason they didn't meet is because you guys haven't been at Mandora because you've been out in the East Kimberley yeah. on one of Jane, Jane and Hayden's. Sometimes I just want to call it like Jaden. Jaden. Like yeah, that should be cool. their couple's name, like Jaden yeah. or Hayne. <laughs> Maybe we'll go with Jaden. <laughs> on um, Jane and Hayden's other properties. Um, so you guys have been out there. So tell me why or what Benno's been doing out there. Yeah, so we're given the opportunity to go up there. Ben's had itchy feet to go back flying for three years since we've been at Mandora. So, yeah, Hayden and Jane, um, they needed a pilot up there and they needed a property looked after and Mandora's pretty going really well. So we, we left Ava and Katie in charge and jetted off to the East Kimberley. And, and now you're back for muster. And now we're back down here to muster. So it's been good to be back with the fam and, yeah, it's been great. All right, so I'm just as we wrap up because I know you're so keen to <laughs> literally they're wiggling your like legs like, let me go. <laughs> Um, so we've covered coming to the Kimberley, going to Kilto, coming to Mandora. We've got the fire story, the blood story, <laughs> boys getting stuck story, engagement story. 
else have we? Is there anything we've missed? We've had I the baby, so. we've gone away, we've come back. That kind of brings us up to where we are now. And I suppose the only thing I need from you is to make a verbal commitment at the end of this episode to write me a blog eventually. (laughs) I'm not committing to that. Please? I I agreed to do a podcast. Actually, in fairness, I did say if you did a podcast, you wouldn't have to write a blog. Yeah. But maybe you should encourage other people to write a blog. Yeah. If you you can, guys, like, it's really not that hard. (laughs) I just feel like you should be like, even if you're not that keen, do it. (laughs) No, it's a great, great way to get our stories out. Um... Steph puts a lot of work into Central Station and I'm really bad because I don't write blogs, but, you know, I also suck at writing them. So if you're good at writing, I am. I hate it. You ask my... (laughs) You ask my English teacher at school, she would be like, oh, I'm really surprised that Caitlin can even write. (laughs) (laughs) Can't string a sentence together anyway. So, yeah. I just love that. I'm actually not cutting any... You guys should know this from all the other episodes. I don't... I don't have the time for that, you know. We're just going to quick. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so um, parting words, um, which I've done this pretty hit and miss in other episodes, but and I'm just going to again put me on under on the again. spot. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, if you could have these, are like I want to. Yeah, I need to make a regular segment, but we'll get around to that one day. Um, if you could have a billboard which like everyone in the world had to drive past, you know, like Times Square or whatever yeah. and have a message on it. What would it say? <sighs> Besides I love Kmart. <laughs> Cause let's be honest, that would be I your love, first one. You can I have two chocolate. billboards. Yeah. Chocolate. <laughs> um, you could have like given me some warning about this. Yeah. I could have. Do what you love and love what you do. I don't Aww. know. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Taken from a spoon. Thank you. Yeah. And Good um, a book that you recommend everybody should read? The Central Station book? <laughs> no, that's, a, <laughs> that's such a cop-out. Come on. I, I actually read. In, um, in my episode with Mariah, she recommended for people to go watch the Taylor Swift documentary. And I was at a station, you know, like two days ago, and the lady was like, oh, I actually want to – she's like, I never would have watched that. But then I heard really? Mariah um, – you know recommend it and I went and watched it and I really really enjoyed it and I was like look at us go (laughs) so what's okay either a book or something on Netflix I watched the Garth Brooks one the other day was that That was really good yeah yeah I didn't I never realized how much of an impact he had like you know like we like we just hear the songs now but like back then like in the early 90s when um we shall be free came out like after the riots in LA. Like oh. I'd never realized all that went on. Okay. And how much of an impact and like the thunder rolls, how much of an impact that had on the media because oh. of the domestic violence of the, the film clip. Oh, I've never yeah, seen really the film clip. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Garth Brooks on Netflix. Yeah. And do you listen to any other podcasts aside from ours? Of course. Um, no, right. I don't listen. to. Oh, actually working cows. Okay. Give them. They're cool. Benno, you want to like just come and say hi and bye real quick on the podcast? Nah. He <laughs> just shakes his head and walks away. <laughs> Cop out. Our child's just woken up. Okay, I'll let you go. Thanks for doing this with us, Caitlin. No worries. Bye. <laughs> Ag Workforce specialises in recruiting for agricultural jobs, including farm work, station work and agribusiness across Australia. View current jobs Advertise a position or register as a job seeker at agworkforce.com.au.